I have at least three different apps on my phone that help me get where I'm going. Three different apps that show me directions. I can speak into the air a destination, just wherever I want to go, and my phone will find the quickest way there. My phone will, will plan a, a, a route for me. It'll warn me if there's any bad traffic ahead. It'll warn me if, <laughs> it'll warn me if there's a police car ahead. That's really nice. And if there's an accident, it will tell me to take an alternate route, and I find my way to where I'm going. And I love it. I love being able to do that. But I kind of miss the days when a friend would draw you a map of how to get somewhere, you know? Maybe on the back of a napkin or on an envelope, they would just sketch out a little map. I remember back when I worked at the lumberyard, that's how we got around. That's how we got lost a lot. But we went on some amazing adventures. But you know, there would be, uh, there'd be a, a tree and they would write on the map, they'd tell you, that when you get here, there's going to be a really weird looking tree and you want to make a turn at that weird looking tree. Okay. Or they would write on the map, they'd write something like, you know, there's a great place, there's a great little cafe, they got wonderful pie there. If you get a moment, stop there and, and get, get a slice of pie, you'll, you'll love it. But when we drew maps, it was about, it was about the journey. It was about the little roadside sites along the way. It was about the signposts. And now we just shout out an address or plug in an address, and it's about the destination. It's about the quickest route. And I wonder, what is it that we miss by not drawing each other maps, by not showing each other the way? We've been watching The Chosen on Wednesday evenings. In fact, we just finished it up last Wednesday, the final episode of The Chosen, Jesus is working on his big sermon. He's working on the Sermon on the Mount, and he wants to get it just right. And so he's enlisted Matthew to help him get the sermon together. And of course, you know, in our Bibles, it's Matthew who records the Sermon on the Mount there in Matthew chapter 5. And Jesus launches into his sermon, preaching it to Matthew, and Matthew says, it's missing something. He says it's very abrupt. It just starts. He said, you need a way to draw people in. You need an introduction. And Jesus goes off and prays about that and thinks about that. And then there's a scene where he comes back and he wakes Matthew up very early in the morning. He says, I've got it. I know how to begin the sermon. I've got the introduction. I'm going to start with a map. And Matthew says, what do you mean a map? He says, I'm going to start with a map to me. And he begins reciting the Beatitudes, the blessings there at the beginning in Matthew chapter 5. He begins reciting those to Matthew. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And he goes through all of the Beatitudes, and Matthew loves it. And then Matthew, being Matthew in the series, he just stops and says, but how is this a map? And Jesus says, if someone wants to find me, these are the groups of people they should look for. If anyone wants to find me, these are the groups they should look for. I love that statement. I love that assessment of the Beatitudes that they are a map to Jesus. But I also found it very convicting because I, I look at the groups of people mentioned here in Matthew chapter 5 and I have to ask, is that really what I look like? Do I look like I fit? Do I act like I fit in any of those groups? I mean, it becomes apparent from the very first beatitude, the very first blessing that Jesus gives us, that these are not people who look like they've got life all together. These are not the elites. These are not the 
top of society. These people are broken. These people have reached the end of their rope. These people cannot pretend everything is okay anymore. And if our lives, if our lives are to be a map to Jesus, if anyone is going to find Jesus through us, we can't pretend that we're something we're not. If anyone finds Jesus through us, they're going to need to see why we needed Him in the first place. And so from the very beginning of the Beatitudes, Jesus confronts us with our need to be blessed by Him. Not, not to be blessed because of what we have, because of our possessions. Not to be blessed because of where we live, the great country that we live in today. Not to be blessed because of what we know, but that our lives are desperate for His blessing, desperate for His touch, that we are desperate for what He offers so Matthew begins there in chapter 5, and he writes, Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountains. And when he had sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. He's not talking about our possessions, what we're blessed to have. He's talking about our poverty. He's not talking about what elevates us, but what breaks us. And that deep inside of us, we have nothing with which to save ourselves. And yet it's a blessing. Blessed are the poor in spirit. We hear that. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And we realize that the very first place we encounter Jesus is in what we don't have. We encounter Jesus in our lack. We don't come to Jesus having already arrived at our destination. I mean, you know, I look forward to a day somewhere off in the distant future where you just have to announce your destination and you're beamed up and then you're beamed back down and boom, you're there. Wouldn't that be great? I think we got a ways to go before we finally reach that. But as of now, the best, the best directions you can get still require a journey. And that journey always begins with you admitting I am not where I need to be. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit. They, they eventually get there. They get to their destination. But it starts with our emptiness. It starts with our lack. It starts with our brokenness. It starts with us knowing what we don't have within us. Now, unfortunately, one of the best examples of that we have in the Bible is a negative example. It's an example of the exact opposite. One of the best examples we have is a group of people who were blind to what they weren't, blind to what they needed, blind to what they didn't have, and ultimately they were blind to Jesus and what He offers. And this church that we read about in Revelation chapter 3, it is a church that stands as a cautionary tale for all time. That's where we're ultimately going to land today. Revelation chapter 3, if you've got your Bibles with you, we're going to begin in verse 14. If you want to use those blue Bibles in front of you, it's page 1030. And if you're trying to access my notes from the app today, uh, from the Bible app, something was wrong with their system this week, and they would not let me upload my notes. Doggone it, but we'll get them next time, hopefully. Revelation chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, the words of the Amen 
the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. We, we hear the warning to the, to the church in Laodicea and their warning, it is a brutal warning. We don't always know what to do with these warnings. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. We, we got it in our head years ago somehow that hot is good and cold is bad. You know, we got that. We just got that in our heads that hot is good and, and cold is bad. If you're hot, you're on fire for Jesus. If you're cold, your heart has turned cold and, and, and you're, you're just you're a miserable person. You're cold hearted. That's not what Jesus is saying here. Hot and cold, they, they are both desirable. People want hot things. They also want cold things. I started out my morning with a nice hot cup of coffee. It was refreshing until I burned my lips, right? It was refreshing. That's what I wanted. I wanted that hot cup of coffee. This afternoon, when I'm starting to feel like my, I'm kind of losing focus, I will get an ice cold glass. Don't hate me. I will get an ice cold glass of Diet Mountain Dew because that's what keeps me going. And that'll perk me back up, just like the hot cup of coffee did. I like a nice cold dish of ice cream. Anyone like hot ice cream? No. Want a nice cold dish of ice cream. I like a nice hot shower, a nice hot bath. Very refreshing. We like things that are hot. We like things that are cold. The problem isn't that hot is good, cold is bad. The sin of the Laodiceans was that they stopped confessing their need for Jesus. They stopped confessing this is wrong, this is broken. They stopped confessing their need and they started just confessing, I'm fine. I'm fine with this. This is fine. I'm okay with where I am. I'm fine. I don't have any problems. I'm too blessed to be stressed. And Jesus cuts through all that pretending. He rips off that mask that they're hiding behind, that we hide behind, and He confronts them. Verses 17 and 18. For you say, I am rich. I have prospered and I need nothing. Not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy for me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. The thing is, we still wear those masks today. We still try to cover up our, our failures and our struggles. We pretend we've got it all together. And when we pretend, we don't look like a map to Jesus anymore. We look like we're the end of the journey. We look like we're perfection. We look like, like we've already arrived. Can we be honest with ourselves? Can we be honest with ourselves about what we don't have? Can we let other people know that we're broken? That we're, as Jesus says here, wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked? That we don't have all the answers? But we know someone who does. Because blessed are the poor in spirit. In their poverty, they are promised the kingdom of heaven. But the way there isn't pretending. It isn't, it isn't just pretending. It is admitting what you don't have and admitting your need for Jesus. Admitting your need for a Savior. I remember several years ago, I was 
driving up Interstate 57. I was heading into Champaign with a friend, and we got to the south side of Champaign, and we saw all those houses on the south side. You know the ones I'm talking about? You've seen them, right? This, we call them McMansions. You know, this looks like if McDonald's made mansions, this is what they look like. Just one after another after another. We saw all those beautiful houses. They're complicated roof lines that you just know are going to leak, right? Those kind of roof lines leak. They got those ornate windows out front and those leaded glass doors that just shine and glow. And I was commenting about how beautiful they were and, and, my, and how much they must cost. And the friend I was with said, yeah, they're expensive. In fact, he said, in fact, they're so expensive that those houses are empty. He said, those people don't have any furniture. I said, what do you mean? So there's whole rooms in those houses with no furniture because they cannot afford to put furniture in there. They're sleeping on mattresses on the floor. They don't have beds. And he said when they have a party and have all their friends over, they call up Rent-A-Center, they rent the furniture, they bring the furniture in, they have the party, and when the party's over, they send the furniture back. And their friends are doing the same thing. They're all just pretending that's exactly what Jesus is warning the Laodiceans about. It's exactly what He warns us about here. Pretending isn't getting us here, but confessing our need to Jesus will. Verse 19, those whom I love I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Change doesn't come from holding yourself back from Jesus. You will never find what you need if you're just pretending that everything's okay. The invitation here is not to fake it until you make it, but to admit to Jesus, I am devastated without you. The invitation is is not to, to fake it, but instead the invitation is, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. It's one thing just to acknowledge our spiritual poverty, that we're spiritually poor. That second beatitude leads us to see that this is a thing that we need to grieve over, to mourn, because we are never going to get there on our own. We're never going to gain what we lack by pretending, by covering up, by filling rooms with rented furniture or filling our heart with rented faith. You know, faith that we borrowed from somebody else. Well, they're faithful. If they say these things, I'll say the same things and, and I'll be fine too. All we can do is confess to Jesus, I am broken. I have nothing to save myself. All we can offer Jesus is our emptiness. And then let Him fill us. Can we be that honest with Him? And can we be that honest with ourselves? Because it's in that emptiness that Jesus promises to meet us. It's in that emptiness He promises to fill us. Not just fill us, but fill us with Himself. You're likely familiar with the next verse. Verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears My voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with Me. You know, Jesus, is a, Jesus is a gentleman. He's not going to pick your lock and sneak into your house. He's not going to bust the door down while you're not looking. He's waiting for you to open the door. He's waiting for you to admit, I am empty, I need you, and, and welcome Him in. This is why for, for Alcoholics Anonymous members, that first step is to admit that we were powerless. We admit that we were powerless to stop our addiction. Step number two is to admit that only a power greater than us could restore sanity. 
It's, it's why when we confess, when someone confesses faith in Jesus, we all repeat those words together. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. I take Him as my Savior and as my Lord because we have nothing within ourselves to save ourselves because we cannot be Lord of our own lives because we've tried and it got us nowhere. We need to confess that to Jesus. We also need to confess that to ourselves. It doesn't matter what you have in this life that, that might impress others. It, it doesn't matter what this life has given you that, that makes you feel secure now. You will not stand before God one day and show Him your bank account statement. You will not stand before God and show Him your big but empty house. You will either stand before Him alone with nothing or you will stand, with him, you will stand before Him with His Son who has given you everything. We confess that to ourselves. We confess that to Jesus. We also need to confess that to others. <laughs> you know, where we always got ourselves in trouble back at the lumberyard was when you had to give directions to a place that you had never been. You know? When we had to give directions to a place, we'd, that got us in a lot of trouble. Because uh, you, you would write out directions. You'd never been there. I mean, would, would you trust somebody who's never left their house to give you directions on how to get somewhere across the country? No, you wouldn't do that. You want to trust that someone who has been there is going to draw that map. And there are people around us who know how lost they are. They know how broken they are. And they are searching for a way to God. And the last thing they need from us is for us to pretend we've got all the answers. To pretend that we've got it all figured out. What they need is for us to take Him by the hand and let's follow Him together. All, all we can offer Jesus is our emptiness and then let Him fill us. Because this world has broken us. This world has exhausted our resources. This world leaves us spiritually bankrupt. We have nothing to offer God other than ourselves. But for everything we lack, He stands ready to receive us. Look again at verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. This verse is not complicated. We don't need to complicate it. Jesus is simply saying, I'm ready to sit with you. I'm ready to be with you. I'm ready to share with you. I'm ready to meet with you at the table. Just let me in. Now what's that going to look like? Well, for some of us, that might look like that first step of baptism. You remember Romans chapter four, excuse me, Romans chapter six, verse four. That's where Paul writes, We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. You don't bury someone who is alive, right? You bury someone who's dead. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those whose spirits are absolutely exhausted. Those who have died to themselves. For they shall receive the kingdom. You buried so those who have surrendered everything. And then raised to new life. Raised to receive new life from Him. For some of us, that's what it looks like. For some of us, it looks like finally admitting. <laughs> Stop pretending. Stop pretending we're not broken. It's time to mourn what we're not. It's time to let Him fill us. But you know, for all of us, it's a call for us to open our hearts to those around us who are equally broken. 
There are people who need us to mourn with them, to share with them, to admit that we are just as empty as they are, and to welcome them to the same promises that we have come to. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. The song we're going to sing says, Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. There's nothing that we can offer Jesus to earn our salvation. It begins when we admit just how empty we are. And that's when He promises to fill us. I love that. You know, I will come, if He opened, opened the door, I will come in and, and we will eat together. I will come to the table. Might even be that He has to bring the table, right? <laughs> because we're living in a house with rented furniture. We're living in a heart where we have absolutely nothing and He has to actually bring the table to sit with us. But Jesus welcomes us. There he he longs for us to welcome Him. We're going to sing here in just a moment. I'm going to pray. We're going to sing and we'll take together. And in whatever way you need to respond, in whatever way you need to say to Jesus, I have been broken. I am broken. I am nothing. And I mourn what I'm not. Come in and fill me with everything that you are. We invite you to do that as we, as we pray, as we sing, as we take the Lord's Supper together here in a moment. Let's pray. Father, we, we come to You acknowledging what we aren't. Acknowledging our need for blessing from You. Acknowledging our need for directions. We need a map to Jesus. We need a map that shows us exactly where to find You. And Father, the people around us need a map as well. They need us to, to, to show them just what we aren't and what we lack without You. And we thank You that You promised to meet us in that place of need. We thank You that You promised to meet us at the table. And today we take the bread, we take the cup. We're reminded of what the cost was and what the sacrifice was that was made to bring us to this point, to bring us together. And so Lord, with nothing in our hands, with nothing of us, we come to receive Your body, to receive Your blood, to receive Your promise to meet us here. And we promise to carry that out with us as we leave this place today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.